This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Facebook is having one heck of a week. First, a whistleblower testified in front of Congress revealing internal research that shows just how harmful the social network is. And then the company suffered an outage that hopefully took that you hopefully took advantage of. I'm Jason Cipriani with co-host Jason Perlow. And on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to try to answer the big question, what's wrong with Facebook? Now, this is going to take a while, I have a feeling, but, but yeah. Perlow, let, let's go ahead and just try to summarize what exactly is wrong with Facebook. So, you know. There's a confluence of things, you know, happening with the company right now, Jason. There is, of course, that massive, I think it was a six-hour outage on Tuesday, you know, the 5th, which was caused by, they say, uh, a backbone network misconfiguration, you know, uh, according to the company, right? I, I mean, do we believe that? I don't know. This came immediately, you know, after a whistleblower came forward, right? You know, a former employee of the company, uh, Francis Haugen, and appeared on 60 Minutes the previous evening. Now, over the last several weeks, uh, Ms. Haugen exfiltrated thousands of pages of emails and documents, which are known as the Facebook files, okay, which were published in the Washington Post. Now, these files that, you know, they've written articles, exposés about, shows that the company was aware of the harm of its policies and its technologies uh, were, were on users, right? And did very little to remediate the, the harm or, or what these technologies do. Um, so uh, she testified before Congress's subcommittee on consumer protection yesterday, right? So I mean, let's, what's wrong with the company? I mean, we should go down, you know, the list because it's a really long list of stuff. And, and, and quite frankly, I think we're gonna, we're going to exhaust our time just trying to talk about these. And we could always, I think, we could talk weeks. About this subject, right? <laughs> I don't want to, though. I, I don't want to spend weeks talking about Facebook. Facebook, at all. sure. Yeah. Um, so, subcommittee chair Richard Blumenthal, uh, you know, Senator Richard Blumenthal, noted from uh, Ms. Haugen's prepared statement that you know Facebook's primary purpose uh, is to keep as many eyeballs on them as possible, locked into its platform and tools. And in, in, in her words, always choosing profits before the safety of its users and to grow its services and membership at all costs. OK, this creates many problems, many, 100%. Many, many, many problems. Yeah, it yeah. does. It, it, I mean, their whole approach and business model creates problems once they get to the scale that they're at. I agree with you 100 um, percent. I've been off Facebook for the better part of a year. I think I. Yeah left Facebook. Well, not, I didn't close my account, but I quit visiting the site. I uninstalled the app. I quit using it in general. Um, about September last year, right before the election. And then mid September this year, I started posting stuff to it again, you know, just in the last couple of weeks. And I'm already not enjoying the experience, the feedback loop of did someone comment? Is there a like, you know, that whole interaction that posting something or sharing something to Facebook creates. So for me, 
I think the what's wrong with Facebook question, the answer to that can be summed up into something short and sweet. And that is it's algorithms create an echo chamber and that mm-hmm. echo chamber enforce reinforces it either reinforces your spiritual, political or moral beliefs or feeds you the exact opposite, which is what the whistleblower and Facebook's research has exposed that the company is well aware of doing and actually uses that to increase engagement. So either way, whether it reinforces it or it challenges your beliefs, it could force you down rabbit holes, whether it's full of fighting or further entrenching your beliefs. And, And it's just, man, especially around with COVID and the election. Yeah. Things got pretty heated and you just scroll through Facebook and it's, it's people arguing or stating their beliefs as fact constantly over and over and over and, you know, I really miss pictures of people working out in the gym and getting healthy and having yep. kids and getting yep. married. That's the Facebook I used to like using. And now it's just full of toxicity. I, I, I want I, I want the cat photos and the dog photos. You yeah, know, show to me your Sunday take brunch. over my feed. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I try to do, Jason. I post lots of stupid food stuff, you know, and, and I, I think people appreciate it. But, you know, it's funny, you know, even... So I use Facebook primarily. One is for my personal just updates, and I say stupid stuff and try to make people laugh. I post my computer articles, um, you know, from from both where I work and and here. Um, and um, you know, I, I go out for uh, you know dinners and stuff. I'm because I'm a foodie, right? And I take food photos and I post them. Now I also have a food group uh, for South Florida, which has six thousand members in it. But as you say, you know, the the strife kind of just sort of empties everywhere, no matter where you are. Even if you try to create this bubble of like-minded people, you will end up getting people that are angry and upset about something, and they will bring that with them into wherever they go, right? So so even if you try to create that bubble, all that other nastiness amplification that occurs across the platform basically reinforces their own lousy behavior, right? So they don't even know that they're supposed to behave, you know, normally in a place where we're trying to enforce rules, right? So you always get like, you know, these problem children that you have to deal with, even if you're running a smaller community. And, you know, 6,000 users is not is not a small community. It's, it's actually a pretty big community of, of members. So, I mean, I'm constantly dealing with, um, you know, behavioral problems from people who just don't want to be act civilly. You know, we're talking about restaurants and food, but amazingly people get nasty, right, about this stuff nonstop. Um, so it, it's crazy. So let's let's get into some of the more specifics of this. So um, it, just going by her, you know, testimony. So there's toxicity that is bifurcating this country you know, ideologically, we're just and we're just talking about the United States, not not other countries. And we'll talk about those in a bit, promoting and encouraging strife and interpersonal conflict and weakening our democracy as a result, which I think is is, is I think is the number one sort of problem that is seems to cause all the other ones. For the most yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Facebook knows this. We now, like I said earlier, we now know, thanks to the leaked documents. And remember, her entire, and I'm, I'm talking about the whistleblower, her entire job yeah. was to come into Facebook and help them fight misinformation and, and get rid of the toxicity that's going on with our, you know, our political process. And her entire job was to 
to help with that. And then as soon as the election ended, they disbanded the entire group that she yeah. was put in charge of. And they said they spread out the responsibilities through other teams within the company. So they're doing a lot of these things just to save face and make Congress happy and make uh, shareholders happy. But the reality is they don't truly care about any of this. And, you know, weakening our democracy. This is exactly what I was talking about earlier of creating an echo chamber. So you only hear the same things, confirmation bias, right? You're more likely to believe something that confirms what you already believe or goes in line, falls in line with what you already believe. And when you create that echo chamber, that is whether it's left or right, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle, I don't care. And I'm not singling anyone out here. I want to be very clear about that because I have seen both sides of it. It, If someone says something that you closely agree with and you like that, you're going to see more of that. And if you engage and argue with something you disagree with, guess what? You're going to see more of that, too, because Facebook is doing that on purpose. It's happy to do that for you. In fact, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was about a month or so ago, I wrote an article about um, NewsGuard, which, as you know, is the um, the company that is a, a news uh, verification, uh, a source verification company. Uh, company that makes a plug-in for your browser. Basically, you know, if you're looking at news articles, it will tell you if the source that you're reading the article from is trustworthy or not, right? It basically has this like a, a six-point axis, and, you know, yeah. you, you you either sum up as a green site, which is good, meaning that, you know, you you're, 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 you have good, your biases are, are fine, uh, you know, the disclosure is good, um, all this other stuff about, you know, about, you know, whether they're truthful or not, whether they correct errors and such, or you're red, which means you don't meet good journalistic standards for any of those things, right? So <laughs> what, what what they did was they did a, a massive report uh, to, I think it was either the World Health Organization or one of the large uh, international organizations regarding COVID-19 information. And effectively what is happening is, you know, you have these massive purveyors of, of, of misinformation Um so, you know, and but what will happen is, you know, you'll see like you'll see like in the interface, you know, like this group or like this person or like this page and you'll like that page and you look at it. But then suddenly underneath it, it says you might like all these other pages, too, which are similar pages with misinformation. Right. So basically, as you said, there's a this rabbit hole keeps getting fed to you and fed to you. The more that you like, the more it'll show you more stuff. And then in your feed just basically gets taken over by this stuff and it drowns out anything else, right? So yeah. there's this there's this this monster that keeps wanting you to feed it constantly with likes and eyeballs so they can generate more ad revenues. You know, because the more the more eyeballs you have on more ads, the more revenue that they make, that the, it's it's its partners make and it and, and Facebook makes, you know, from these ads being being sold. So yeah, that echo. It, it it wants to do this because it's 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 how it makes money, right? Um, and it doesn't really care about the amount of harm it's it's doing to people, uh, you know, mentally. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a giant echo chamber. It's a giant uh, purveyor of of whatever you want to see. It'll just keep showing you more of it, no matter what topic it is. Like, look, but it, and it works the same, by the way, with with positive subjects too. I love Star Trek and science fiction and that kind of stuff. It shows me a ton of that. You know, I love food. Yeah. It shows me a ton of food, you know, coming from everywhere. So it, it, in, in a way, it's not like they it's not like they designed the platform to show you awful things. It just it, the platform is designed just to show you more things to conf- to make you continue to be locked in it because that's what it knows what you like. 
right? So if you like well, hate and toxicity, it's going to show you more hate and toxicity. And if you're a toxic person, it's going to make you more a toxic person. Yeah, and I think originally it was designed for that reason to show you what you like, but they found it's more profitable to show you what you don't like because you stay engaged longer. You you want to win that argument and you want to prove the other side wrong, no matter what side, again, I'm not taking sides here, no matter what side you're on, you want to prove that other side wrong. So you're going to stay engaged. You're going to stay active on the platform, which in turn gives them more data about you and then they can serve you more ads that are targeted better targeted for you. So let's talk about the role in the January 6th, what are we calling it? The insurrection, the riot, yes, what, right. the events at the Capitol uh, and, and Facebook's role in that, Perlo. What do we know? So we know that, you know, that as a platform, you know, extremist groups are were rampant. And when we talk about the platform, we're not just talking about Facebook, the app. We're talking about uh, Instagram and also, you know, WhatsApp, you know, as and, as a communication, and also Facebook Messenger. So, because it's such a tight a tight platform, you know, you and all these apps are, are connected to it. You know, you you're, the, all these groups are able to, you know, they're one is they can form private. You know, you, you have different ways of, of groups that can form on on their platform. Um, you have public groups which everybody can see. And yeah. then you have unlisted groups, and then you have completely private groups, right? So, so and that can be, you know, that have to be vetted with like questions and things like that. So, it, yeah, they, you they have to answer questions, and then an admin has to approve your your entrance into the group, and it, it's a process, right? But they, but they, but they can't be seen publicly in terms of, of what they're doing and how they're organizing. So, yeah, they basically what's being built, said, none of that. They basically built a perfect platform. So if you're if you are an extremist group and you want to be connected to like-minded extremist people in your own bubble where you can say all sorts of you know really hateful nasty things and and plan for you know a, a, a side channel discussion in, in 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 chats and things like that that you yeah. don't want to be seen be viewable even copied or public you can do that very easily you know and 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 you can reach other like-minded people very easily so that's what they did leading up to January 6th was, 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 was increased the amount of traffic uh, to these groups and, co and coordinating um, their efforts. Yeah, so private groups are, are scary to me because, and I've, I've yeah. read and heard a lot about them over the years, but what is so scary is that only Facebook knows what's truly going on inside those groups, especially yeah. for extremists, again, on either side. And it's up to them in order to stop it. So it, it's very easy to create and administrate a group, whether you let people in who you agree with and, and quickly get rid of those who you don't. And I've seen the inside of some local groups here where I live back when COVID first started, back when the pandemic first started and, and schools were shutting down. I got invited to a group. So if someone invites you to a private group, I didn't know this at the time, and it may have changed since then because it's you know almost yep. two years ago now. Uh, when you get invited to a private group, they give you a 30-day preview of the group. Yep. So it's like you're in the group, but you can't post until you actually right. say, okay, yeah, I'll join. So, but you could view what's going on within the group. Uh, and the, the stuff that was being said by local parents here about what they wanted to do to the administrators, to the health department, to the governor, it, it, was, oh, yeah. ex it was extreme. And these are people I have to see when I go pick up my kids from school or go to a school event still. But and maybe this is something we'll say for later on in the show. There, there's 
a psychological effect of being able to sit and talk openly and maybe say stuff that you wouldn't otherwise say if you were in person when you're online and talking about it. And so it it was very eye-opening to me to see these private groups or this private group in particular have sucked people I knew. And I mean, some of them I even went to school with, you know, clear back in elementary school, have these far extreme views about what should happen to people who are in charge because they don't agree with what's going on. So I can only imagine what went on inside the groups that were used to coordinate uh, the January 6th events. And it's, it's a scary, scary place to be and to think that a curated platform like that, and this is something that, you know, is supposed to be a safe, environment i would assume that's how i always viewed facebook um you know you get into one of these groups and you quickly become um inundated with these beliefs and eventually you start to believe them yourself if there is even a hint of an echo chamber at the beginning and uh, you know i've lost family members to this kind of stuff uh over the last year and a half of going all of a sudden QAnon extreme. (laughs) And, you know, this is part of it. Facebook is part of that rabbit hole. YouTube is part of it. Twitter, you know, there's a lot of different places they can get it. But I I absolutely, I don't know what Facebook needs to do for groups. Uh, Yeah, and they've made it also way too easy to participate it anonymously, not just in the private, you know, unlisted groups right in other words you can be you can have a profile a a facebook your main facebook profile can be anonymous right it doesn't have to be your name or anything like i know plenty of people that don't use their real name on facebook the people you're supposed to though you're supposed to use you're supposed to but they they, don't they don't enforce it you're right if they think you're not using your real name they're supposed to require you send a a proof of identification like your id or your driver's license a picture of that to prove you're using your real name but it, Can I tell you how many couples share the same Facebook yeah. yep. account? And it that is nowhere near a real name. You know, like no. And then there's people that have straight up fake names on there as well. So you're I, right. I have a guy that joined one, I names. have a guy that joined my, my food group this morning. His name was Lorem Ipsum. Oh right. Okay. Okay, right. So uh, you know, it, uh, fine. But the other thing is uh, they made adjustments to public groups so that people can join they can participate with an anonymous profile name specifically to that group so if i go into if, if my name is jason perlow on facebook but if i but but if i if i decide to call myself the foodie expert for a food board that i visit i can call myself the foodie expert and they can see me as the foodie expert not as jason perlow and they can't click and they can't clip on my on my public on my public profile and see my so in other words i can participate as a specific pseudonym for specific groups I can I allow, and uh, if if the administrator allows it, they allow it, right? So, like for example, I have a foodie group called Foodies of South Florida. Um, if I turn that option on to allow pseudonym anonymous participation, that's what they would see from those people. I don't currently wow. allow it, but yeah. um, that's 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 what it is. So even some of the quote unquote mainstream public groups where you might have mainstream, you know. Uh, things that are within Facebook's rules, right, are, are community rules, but are still yeah. considered to be uh, cantankerous subjects, 
right? Whether they're about mainstream politicians or let's say, you know, mass debates or something, who knows what, who knows what they allow as, as public without being calling it extremist. People can, can participate anonymously and still generate this kind of contentious dialogue, you know, sure. in, in massive public forums, right? So um, it's not just the private groups that are problematic. It's, 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 the, it's the public discourse um, as well. So. You know, it, but and I don't want to get a sidetrack, but right. is this a Facebook specific problem or is this just an online problem? Because I could go to a subreddit <laughs> and right. for pizza, which the pizza subreddit is awesome. The pictures on there of the pizza I haven't that seen people it yet. make, yep. it, it, man, it, you get hungry every time you visit it. But you you dive into the comments on something of someone ask a beginner asking a question or even you know, someone who's been doing this for a couple of years asking a question and you're going to get toxic comments in there. And that's even more people anonymous can, because there's no verification yeah. process at all. So is this, is this a Facebook specific problem or is this an internet problem? Well, I think we've always had, you know, anonymous coward type toxic comments. Look, you know, you and I see them all the time on our ZDNet articles being posted. You know, people just want to be nasty because they can, because they're shielded. Right. But I think, I think I think I I think Facebook though is the ultimate tool set for these people, right? They're, yeah. they're, you know, I mean, in terms of the in terms of the the what's being given to them as as, as a platform uh, to feed on this, um, you know, it's 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 easy for them to thrive. And let's 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 look at some of the other things about you know, if we want to talk about just hate and toxicity, you know, uh, Ms. Haugen said that. Effectively, the entire platform is is moderated or or monitored by, uh, you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence algorithms, right? I mean, there are people that are dedicated as moderators, as uh, to review content when stuff is reported, it gets into a queue, but right. the active the active monitoring of you know comments, like some if you say I'm going to kill you or I want to I'm going to kill you because I think you know you say that you know you said it as something to be funny. Right. The system. This happened to me, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, it, it was and it was and I was actually quoting a movie when it happened, um, you know, it, and I put it in quotes. I, you know, uh, I said it and immediately I was my, my my account was locked down. I was I was um, Facebook jailed for a week. Couldn't post. That must have been nice. Couldn't comment. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I could, I could, mo I could, I could administrate my group. I mean, I could, I could delete comments and but I couldn't post to my own group. Um, you know, I could approve members and things like that, but I couldn't comment or, or post any new photos. I couldn't post to my, 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 my feed. None of that. They locked me out for a week for and, and quoting it was all movie. automated. There was, was all, there an appeal all, process all, or anything? Yeah, but they don't they don't listen to it. I mean, I mean, I think yeah. I basically, you know, the 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 volume of stuff that the the system goes after, right, is much bigger than what human beings tend to look at. Like if you report a comment, I think their system might look at it and first to see and and then clear it if if it's a clear violation of their community standards. Like they might look at for example, if someone makes a comment and posts a, like something that's they consider it to be like, I don't know, pornographic, like nudity or something like that, right? Um, they, that system will probably automatically evaluate it and, and then and then block the account or, or, or take action on it. But if it's something that's a more sophisticated comment, 
uh, you know, with with verbiage that's not necessarily obscene or whatever, but it sounds threatening yeah. or nasty, a person might need to look at it in a queue. What what Ms. Haggard is saying is that Facebook maybe gets to look at 3% of that across that's the entire platform. A real person looks at it. The rest is all done automated. Yeah, but the total, total including automation and people, may be 3% of all that, of, of yeah. the entire volume of bad stuff. Wow. So... So there's just there's just the the volume is so immense that even these 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 algorithmic systems can't catch it all or I mean, can't get, even get close to catching users? it all. I mean, approximately. Yeah, how do you even yeah. attempt to moderate that? That's a whole that's a whole company in and of itself, right? Yeah, a moderation company for Facebook. All right, so let's talk about one more topic, and then I think what we'll end up doing here is splitting this show in two. And we'll we'll um, come back with another episode and finish the conversation next week. There's just so much here to cover. I think we've covered quite a bit here so far. But uh, let's tackle one more topic and then then we'll break for uh, a second show. And so yep. it, this is a this is a topic that I'm I'll be 100 percent upfront with you and our listeners that I have not followed very much at all. Um, I've seen news reports, and by that, I just mean headlines. And uh, it's the, the fact that Facebook has known and been known to create ethnic violence around the world and allowed propaganda to spread and acts as a hate platform, kind of what we've been talking about already, but this is more uh, focused on outside of the world. you know. And I've, I've followed and seen some of the headlines, like I said, but I haven't followed it like I should, like I feel like I should. But look, I'll, I'll just say we've had enough going on in our own country. I just did not want to read more bad news and the broader impact Facebook was having on the world outside of the U.S. So I don't know what you know, Perlo, about this. So, you know, essentially Ms. Haugen, you know, uh, talked about some of, the, uh, some of this. Um, in a prepared statement, but they're also in the release documents um, in the Facebook files, which, you know, you can go, there's thousands of pages of emails and, and, and reports of internal research that they've done that um, she's released. Um, there, there are some uh, countries with despotic type leadership that have used the platform um, to, uh, to sow dissent uh, among 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 its populations, right? Yeah, Myanmar is one area, right? Myanmar is one of them, but we've also seen this happen even in places like, you know, India and Pakistan, right? Where, you know, ethnic groups of people, uh, ethnic groups are, you know, effectively um, are, you know, will will post memes and and such and run groups that will target um, other groups, for example, right? So, um, and and it's, they're not necessarily... They don't. They don't appear to be state-sponsored groups and, 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 and propaganda, but yes, they are. Effectively, these are you know these are these are run by proxy, uh, you know, groups that are effectively being are armed of the propaganda that are that are that are producing propaganda for the benefit of these of these of these extremist uh, or or uh, despotic leaders. Like for example. Uh, you know the Philippines. You know is 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 one country where I know that this is occurring uh, yeah. at length. You know, so um, again, the the problem is is that you know as Americans we don't necessarily get to see this because of the way that Facebook partitions 
its environment, right? It's not like, you know, we can easily discover, you know, uh, you know, the groups in the Philippines and things like that because the algorithm doesn't show it to us and that this is happening on a regular basis. You have to kind of go digging for it. You have to know to go look for uh, these because they also localize languages and things like that, uh, you know, yeah. and, and character sets for those specific uh Facebook environments, so to speak. They don't necessarily live in the same system space as, as the rest of us. That's how they keep the performance of the system functioning well in, in other countries, right? We, they don't, they, we don't tend to intermingle uh, the environments. But yes, this stuff is occurring um, all the time in, in all sorts of other countries uh, that have access to Facebook. Um, the extremist groups are tending, and, and again, not just using the Facebook plat- main platform, Instagram and, and, and WhatsApp communication is occurring um, as well. Yeah, and presumably no yeah. way to hold Facebook accountable for any of this other than turning off None. the internet for your citizens, uh, which is a whole other issue in and of itself. So I think that's a good place to stop. We're going to pick up this conversation next week. We're going to try to tackle the COVID misinformation problem they have, whether or not stuff like Cambridge Analytica is still happening, and then some of the research that pertains to young adults And then finally, I think we're going to debate what exactly can be done to to fix Facebook, if if anything. Thanks for joining us this week. Hopefully you'll pick up where our conversation starts next week. I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. And this is Jason Squared. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.